Hello, hello, Miami Dolphins fans. Welcome into the New Beginnings Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Moss, as always, coming to you with this Monday edition, the day after the Miami Dolphins drop the game to the uh, Buffalo Bills, 35 to nothing. And I watched the whole game yesterday, uh, as painful as it was for all of us. Um, it, it was it was it was rough. It's uh, you know we're going to dive into it. We're going to talk about it and what this team is going to look like, what what it can do, and where it might go from here going forward in the season. Uh, there's a lot of things that happened in this game, and and none of which were good. There it was a bad game all around, offense, defense, special teams. It was it was a failure by the team as a whole, um, coaches included. And uh, we're going to get into where I think the state of this team is, uh, where we thought the state of this team is, and, and, and where, hypothetically, we might go from here. So we're going we're gonna to dive in right now. We're going to talk about it, and we're going we're gonna to swallow the lump in our throat. We're going to do the job, and we're going to try to talk about what this team can do going forward into this next week of uh, having to travel to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. And you know what 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 this game might look like, and what we can expect after having a, a week one performance against the New England Patriots, where uh, the Dolphins' offense wasn't explosive by any means, uh, but certainly locked it down on defense and offense, and played a tough game, played a, a good enough game to win, um, and, and squeaked away with that one point victory. Uh, but to go into this game against the Bills in your home opener and and get shut out is just something that that is kind of unacceptable for where this team should be at the moment. I went into this game initially, um, you know, thinking that as many of you thought, and as many people have said that this team has worked very hard to build a team to, uh, compete in the division to compete in the NFL. And they've, you know, added a lot of talent. They've added a lot of young players they've been building and it's, it's been a rebuilding process. Uh, but this was certainly the year coming off of 10 wins, or you expect the team to at least be more competitive, um, especially coming off of a, a, a pretty hard beat uh, against the Bills at the end of last year. And so to go into this game with your home opener, you have to feel good about it. You have to feel like you're in position to at least play the Bills tough. Um, and so I was at least hoping to see a, a close game, a hard-fought game, something that they can show that uh, they're not going to be an easy victory for these Bills and that they can compete against Josh Allen and this team. And frankly, they just didn't show it. They didn't show us anything that that suggests that this team uh, can make any noise in the playoffs. Little, let alone make it there. Uh, to, you know, from where we are right now. And it's only is you know the team is only one and one. There's 15 games left in the season. There's a lot. There's a lot of football left to play. Uh, but from what we saw from the offensive line, what we saw from the defense, the special teams, from the quarterback, from everything. Um, it is just not a good showing for this team. Um, we'll go ahead and talk about the obvious, the glaring, and that's uh, Tua Tungavailoa leaves this game with what would appear to be bruised ribs. Uh, after the game, they came out and said that uh, the initial scans showed that there that, that it didn't look like there was any broken ribs, uh, that, that it was a bruise. There's an MRI scheduled for today, Monday, um, to see kind of what, you know, what, real damage could be in there and, and, and how long we might actually expect for Tua to be out. Uh, the initial report 
that I saw tweeted out from some from one of the reporters last night suggested that uh, Tua could be out from anywhere to six to eight weeks. And if that's going to be the case, there's this team is going to have to take a long, hard look at their options and decide exactly what they want to do this year. Because many, like myself, thought that uh, you know Jacoby Brissett had showed uh, enough in the uh, in the preseason and through the offseason that that he was going to be a manageable uh, uh, backup for this team, that he would be able to come in and play some you know some meaningful snaps. And he went in and he you know I mean he he he, he you could definitely tell he was trying, um, and he was able to make some some decent passes in the game, but. For the most part, the failure of this game starts with the offensive line. Um, the offensive line was not able to hold back their pass rush whatsoever. Um, yeah, at the beginning of the game, uh, I, whenever I was watching, you would see Tua with a running back to his left or right, and he would be looking up at the at the defensive line, and he would go to to call out where you know he either wouldn't call it out, or whenever he did go to call out where where the rush might be coming from and trying to assign that running back or your blockers in front of you uh, to certain assignments, depending on what he sees. Uh, he, you know, one specific time I remember he um, signaled for the running back next to him to, to block a man up the middle. Uh, and I saw this at least once, maybe twice, if, if I'm thinking right, but he would, uh, Tua would tell his running back to uh, take an assignment up the middle uh, to block a rusher. And whenever they would snap the ball, there would be somebody with a with a free rush on the left side because they were stacking uh, two rushers on top of Austin Jackson, and Austin Jackson was already struggling with his regular assignment. Uh, but putting two people on top of him, they were able to run a free rusher at the quarterback multiple times, and there was no adjustments made. Uh, there was no there was no looking for that and calling it out after it happened two times in a row. Um, so Tua took, you know, sacks that he should have never been taking. Um, the the uh, the failures on the offensive line, of course, are going to stop with are going to start with the uh, offensive linemen themselves not not properly executing their assignments. Um, but it expands from that. It, it'll start on the offensive line, obviously, with the, with their poor play. Uh, it's going to expand from that to the quarterback on not properly reading the. Uh, the alignments that the defense was in, the rush, you know, the rushers that were, were stacking the line that weren't properly being read by the quarterback or the linemen themselves. Uh, but then it expands from there to the coaching. The coaching, we, we saw the struggles that this team was having at the beginning of this game, and they, they never adjusted. Um, the offensive line, they never, they never tried to, to bring in those extra tight ends to do that. I mean, and I'm sure they did some if you go back and look at it, um, because a lot of people were saying, well, the offensive line was playing better. Uh, whenever Jacoby Brissett was brought in, and that just—I mean—it wasn't really the case. They—they they weren't playing good the entire game. Um, there was no—there was no point where they were actually playing good. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was finally able to get some passes off because they were—they finally addressed the free runner and tried to at least address that the best they could. But as far as as far as really trying to give them the best opportunity, I, don't, I just don't think it was there. Uh, we saw Gregory Rousseau get a sack, uh, the rookie pass rusher for them, uh, teammate of Jalen Phillips, and Jalen Phillips was the first pass rusher taken by the Miami Dolphins, and, and we still have yet to really see a lot of impact plays from him on defense, and so seeing Gregory Rousseau come out and get that sack, was it, it, it was definitely hard to see. It's hard to see, because we're seeing uh, players 
that were drafted around the area of many of the players the Dolphins got uh, have a lot of success in the league uh, in, in a lot of different positions. They're, they're starting for their teams. They're making big impact plays. Um, and it seems like a lot of these picks for the Miami Dolphins are, are either kind of rotational players at the moment or they're just not really uh, not getting enough time or the time that they are getting, they're not really putting forth these plays. Uh, probably aside from Javon Holland. Javon Holland has shown some, some good stuff in there, but they seem they definitely rotate in a lot of other players. Uh, some of the players I saw during this game that were rotational pieces that I was pretty upset with um, would have to be Coleman, uh, uh, the cornerback that we that was brought over from the Lions, I believe, is where he was before. Uh, he did not have a good game. I, I saw multiple, multiple plays whenever there were there would be a big passing play where he was the guy. Um I don't understand why they don't roll with Nick Needham a lot more out of that position or even trying to work Igbenogany in because Coleman just, I mean, he was getting burned left and right. I mean, there was no there was no helping it. Um, Xavier and Howard played an incredible game. So the, defensively, we can't too, take too much away from Xavier and Howard. I mean, though, Diggs had that one huge catch on him uh, that looked, you know, it was a phenomenal catch, a hard catch to make. So, uh for the most part, Xavier Howard was playing hard. He had some big impact plays. And, you know, he, he's proving that he's every bit worth the contract that, that you know, he desired and that, that he's been paid. Um, but with with the rest of the defense playing the way it is, it's kind of hard to, to really appreciate that as much as we'd like to. Uh, the... The ability for the defense to, to generate a pass rush, uh, pass rush and pressure on the quarterback was was basically non-existent. Um, there's been a lot of these guys on this defensive line, uh, like Christian Wilkins. Uh, we brought in a lot of guys like Adam Butler, John Jenkins. Those guys were brought in. A lot of these guys are, are, are bigger bodies. Um, they're supposed to be better at kind of stuffing up the run, but they're not really the pass rush guys. They want to... Miami wants to generate their pass rush from the from the linebacker position. They want to generate it from the outsides, from outside linebackers, or from defensive ends, uh, primarily, and and kind of use these big guys up front to clog the holes, to not let them run the ball, and to to you know keep the quarterback from having a place to step up into the pocket uh, in fear of stepping right up into these middle guys who should be kind of collapsing that pocket. Um, that's kind of how I see it. That's the way that the, that the Patriots have done it for a long time, and that's you know the same kind of mold that we that we see. They they like to generate they generate pressure from a lot of different ways. Um, I didn't think that the defensive scheme was very creative. Uh, I was I, I was a little disappointed um, as far as trying to generate more pass rush. But at the, at the end of the day, when the offense is not able to sustain drives, when they're not able to put points up on the board and put pressure on the other team's offense. Your defense is going to struggle, and that's kind of what happened here. Is the defense started off? They got the you know they got smoked with that with that forty something yard run uh, by by Singletary by the running back, and uh, they had the other big play to Emmanuel Sanders that they gave up. So two big plays that were given up, um, and that Emmanuel Sanders one was a thirty something yard pass completion, I think almost forty yards, and which led to a, a Stephon Diggs touchdown right after that. So. They got burned for two big plays that resulted in, in two touchdowns right at the beginning of the game. Uh, the defense held tough for quite a while after that. Uh, they got the offense, the ball back a decent amount of times. There was a lot of turnovers in this game. So 
Um, even though the offense struggled and would turn the ball over, the defense was able to to get their own turnovers and give the offense a chance, and they just weren't able to do anything with them. So uh, to give up 35 points for this defense, whenever your offense gives you know gives you nothing, gives you zero points, um, then I mean there's only so long that your defense can hold against that before some scores are going to trickle over, uh, because we really didn't see a lot from from Josh Allen in this game. I mean, he looked okay. He looked decent. He had some some pretty good throws, uh, but he didn't tear it up in the stat line like he like he has in the past for uh, you know comp- against this Dolphins team. And I mean, it would have been even less so if they were able to to limit the times that he touched the ball. But it was even though the Miami Dolphins had. Um, uh, they were leading in the time of possession game at halftime. I'm not sure what they ended up at the end of the game, uh, but they were leading the, the Bills by possession time because they would they would go down the field a little bit, but they would always get a turnover. Um, they had three uh, fourth down conversions that were failures, uh, so that that was a turnover on downs there. So um, you were giving the ball back to the Bills offense so many times, three times right there on not converting fourth downs, um, multiple turnovers in this game. It's just not something that you want to see. It's sloppy. Um, And I'll go a little bit out on my tangent now uh, about this team because I've I've been a fan of the Miami Dolphins uh, since... trying to think of how long ago it was. You know, I was young. I was very young. It was in the the late 90s when I started started watching the Dolphins. Uh, Really clung on to this team. So it's been been over 20 years uh, that I've been... A fan of this team since I was, you know, close or around ten years older, so give or take. So, you know, throughout throughout my entire tenure of being a Miami Dolphins fan, um, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but but going back then, I mean, I'll kind of gloss over it, but all the way until now, the things that I have always noticed about the Miami Dolphins, and it's always seemed to be a yearly thing, regardless of what players we bring in. Um, what coaches brought in, what offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator has brought in. They've always had the same issues, and it seems like they've never been able to get it fixed. Um, a big one of which is, is has been pass rush, and it's been it, pass rush has been a problem for a little while now. It wasn't quite as much back then because obviously we had the likes of Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas, um, Junior Seau, uh, great you know Joey Porter was there for a little while. There were there were great defensive players. That, that came on and off this team um, that were able to generate pass rush over the years. But for a handful of years now, that has been a huge issue. There's Ever since Cameron Wake uh, left the Dolphins, the, the Dolphins have struggled a lot to find any sort of pass rush. Another, uh, another one of the, you know, the things on this team that have just been terribly bad over the years has been the offensive line. And we obviously have seen little to no change right now as a, you know, as far as all the problems have been over the years. And um, they said that as far as the last three years ago, Miami has spent seven draft picks on offensive linemen. They've brought in linemen. Um, They've drafted, I mean, not even just the last three years. If you want to go back before that, Miami has spent high draft picks on, on, on offensive linemen over the years. They have tried to address this, and they just have missed and missed as far as the talent on the offensive line goes. And I understand, whenever a trade comes around, like the one for Laramie Tunsil uh, from the Texans, you get to a point where you just you can't say no. I can respect that, because as far as building your future, uh, generating your picks, uh, uh, tr- building your picks, 
and especially your your high quality picks able to get that many first rounders off of Laramie Tunsil, they were able to use that first rounder to generate more first rounders. So it is something that has been a very good deal for the Miami Dolphins. It's a deal that you should always take, um, even though you're giving up a good piece on the offensive line. Uh, it, it just makes sense whenever you get to a point where they're offering so much that you can't say no because you know it's there's so much that can benefit your team out of all of these picks. And many of the picks that resulted from the Laramie Tunsil trade, we're, we're not sure whether they're going to work out. We have no idea. Um, and so to not see a lot of these players making more impact plays and, and seeing more success from this team, especially with a, with a full offense or for, with a full offseason uh, in training camp and everything else, I, I certainly was expecting a better showing against the Bills than what we saw. Because this team has to make a decision right now. They're, they're only 1-1. One one. We've got 15 games left like we talked about. Uh, does this team want to continue to try to win as many games as possible for this year? Uh, if Tua Tungavailoa is indeed going to be out for 6-8 to eight weeks. Because uh, if they are going to do that, they're going to need to bring in another quarterback. And who that's going to be, I really don't know. I don't know. Um... There's not a whole lot of options around the league right now as far as who could be the backup quarterback. Um, a great option would have been looking at Gardner Minshew, uh, in my opinion. We talked about him a little bit in the offseason about who Miami could be targeting to bring in. And they brought in Jacoby Brissett. Um, I, I was kind of looking at Gardner Minshew as a, as a possible option to bring in at quarterback because he's somebody that has played those starting snaps and showed some life as a young player and is not somebody who's been in the league for a long time that we've seen uh, a lot of highs and lows or or maybe even mostly lows uh, out of a certain player. So, I mean, he's certainly got some skill in there. And But for Gardner Minshew, I believe he was traded to the, uh, to the Eagles, if I'm not mistaken, to back up Jalen Hurts. Um, and so since he was just sent over there, I don't know what it would take to get him. I don't know if you'd have to give up too much. It's obviously going to be less than trying to dip your toe back into the Deshaun Watson uh, sweepstakes, which for the moment, you know, we're probably not going to hear too much about that. They might speculate, but uh, since the Texans have come out and, and kind of vehemently said that they that they you know that they won't go to the table unless it's the five first round picks or whatever it was, it was a, an outrageous amount. Um, and they seem to be steadfast on that. They said that they're not, you know, they're in no hurry or no need to trade Deshaun Watson. And after, you know, honestly, after this year is over, uh, this next off season is going to be the time where they're probably going to look to really maximize on the on the uh, on what they can get for Deshaun Watson. Which, at that point, um, there's no telling whether the Dolphins are going to be in on that or not. It's going to depend on what happens throughout the rest of this year. Um, but. I don't believe that's going to be an option, at least for right now, uh, for for what the Dolphins are going to be looking at. But they're going to have to decide because if they're if they if they're not able to find a, a quality starting caliber type of quarterback that can come in, uh, they're going to struggle this year uh, without Tua, and and they might have struggled with Tua because we saw him struggle at the beginning of the game. It was only for two series, but I would have been curious to see how. Tua would have played against that Bills defense uh, if the, once they were able to kind of get things a, you know, a little better. Um, I, I wasn't, you know, obviously not saying that I think there would be a win out of that game or anything, but I think that I, I would have at least liked to see how he performed under that kind of uh, 
under that kind of, uh, you know, game script that was going on where the Dolphins were, were really struggling. But honestly, I don't know what they're going to do because I know Stephen Ross wants to win games. I know that Brian Flores wants to win games. Um, Stephen Ross has been this owner for a while, and this team has not seen success under him as an owner. Uh, and so uh, where they go from right here, um, they're going to have to have some hard discussions today because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been the biggest Tua supporter, um, and I'm not necessarily going to back down from it. But what I am going to say is that for what this team needs right now and what we've seen so far and, and, and what we're going through at the moment, they're going to have to have tough conversations. Um, we're going to have to be ready for whatever happens. We've, we've got to be able to just get behind the team and we're going to have to just see what happens this year. Um, because I, th- there's, a, there's a chance that they upgrade Reed Sinet from from the practice squad to be the backup, and they don't bring in a quarterback, and they roll with Jacoby Brissett for the foreseeable future. And, I mean, obviously, I, I, I didn't see anything out of the game to suggest that Jacoby Brissett is going to be the guy to win us a bunch of games. Um, he's able to evade the pass rush pretty well. You know, he's a big guy, um, but he's able to move around pretty quick to, uh, to see the field, to, um, to kind of move around in the pocket. He's... He's got a lot of mobility for a guy who's a pretty good size. So he's got a lot of good things there. He started a lot of games for the Colts. He's, he's you know, he's started a lot of games for an NFL team. And so he's got that experience there. But as far as, as, far as somebody who's going to take you to the playoffs, I just don't foresee him being the guy to do that. But I talked about some of the, uh, some of the players that, that, that weren't really making impact plays during the game there. Uh, as far as players that Miami's either brought in or, or drafted. Um, but let's talk about some of the failures specifically for some of these players on this team uh, from this game. We'll start at the offensive line, obviously, which was a complete failure up front whatsoever. I mean, it was all bad. Um, the majority of the pass rush came from the outsides, though. Uh, Robert Hunt, he, he had a couple of bad penalties. The penalties were just terrible this game, especially on the offensive line. They, you know, they showed frustration and, and that they were just struggling to... Um, to keep up with the Bills' defense, and so that, that generated a lot of a lot of penalties uh, for the Dolphins. And so Robert had, uh, Robert Hunt had a couple of bad penalties, but for the most part, they were able to keep the inside uh, a little bit more clean, uh, at least more so than the outside. Because I mean, between Austin Jackson, who, like I talked about before, was having two guys stacked on top of him, uh, Jesse Davis was over there one on one, just getting beat on the right side, uh, which I. I've, I have I have talked a lot about Jesse Davis, and I will I will say this. There's a couple of players that I'm going to talk about today that I'm going to say this, that Jesse Davis has no business on this roster. If you want to keep him as a swing tackle, somebody that can come in in case somebody goes out with an injury, I can live with that. But as far as the play that we've seen on the field from him, I've, I've heard Omar Kelly, who's a writer for the Miami Dolphins, uh, for the Sun Sentinel, I've I've heard different people talk about Jesse Davis, about his experience, about how whenever you look at his play, it's been more solid than people give him credit for. About this, about that, I've heard all of the arguments for Jesse Davis, and I softened on it a little bit going into the season because I'm like, you know, I mean, maybe they're right. I'm like, he's he hasn't been catastrophic. He's been around. He's been somebody who can who can who can make a play. He's a big body guy with a lot of experience. 
So I softened on it a little bit going into the year to where, yeah, if we saw some Jesse Davis play at right tackle, it wasn't going to be catastrophic. And here we go. This is what I get for softening, softening up on my thoughts on Jesse Davis because he has shown again that he is not a quality offensive lineman in this league. Um, he's showed us it for years. And I'm not going to back off of it anymore. I'm not going to soften up on it anymore. That He needs to not be on this team. He for sure not, needs to not be in the starting lineup. Um, and you say it's only one game from him, but I've seen I've seen a lot of games from Jesse Davis. We all have. So there's there's no need to to try to excuse what we saw from him anymore. Um, he's a vet in this league, so if this is if that's what we're going to see from him, then there's no reason that we can't just put Liam Eichenberg in there because it can't be worse than that. It cannot be worse than what we saw. And uh, Liam Eichenberg's had a couple of decent showings, whether it be you know in 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 preseason there or into the uh, uh, into into the uh, the first game of the season there. So uh, he showed us some decent things. So I I, I I would think that this team is going to move forward with using a lot more of Liam Eikenberg as long as he is healthy and, and, and physically able to, to step right in. Because again, going back to the draft picks, um, Liam Eikenberg is a guy that Miami traded up for. They traded up and took him. Uh, he's somebody that they coveted very much so. And He's a guy who's played a lot of big snaps for a, uh, a big college team and and uh, should be able to come in hypothetically as a, as a pick that high um, and jump into a starting role, you would hope. Um, so, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see if we see Jesse Davis again next week, but that's going to be something I'm watching for sure. Another, another area is on the linebackers. Um, Jerome Baker is a great player. He played a he played a pretty decent game even against the Bills there. He's a, you know he's very good at being all over the field making tackles. Uh, but as far as the linebacking core as a whole and those guys up front, they they were not able to get a stranglehold on this on this running game from the Bills. Um, to see Zach Moss and David Singletary, uh, Singletary come out and 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 dominate uh, this defensive front for the Dolphins was was really concerning. Because um, the Bills' running game was something I certainly wasn't scared of. I thought that between the two running backs, they're skilled enough where they can put some yards up. But I certainly didn't expect anything like what we saw. Um, the defense was able to to tighten up a little bit, and, and after they given up that huge run at the beginning, they were able to do some good things and get some you know get some stops, get some three and outs, get some punts. But again, the offense did nothing with them, so it didn't. It didn't really uh, build into anything that was was helping the team. On offense, there's a there's a couple I want to talk about on offense. Um, the first, let's just start with the running backs first, uh, to still not really be able to generate a good running game. And the game script has a lot to do with that. But as far as breaking off a lot of meaningful runs, we didn't see a lot of that. Um, whenever they get into the game script, where you're down by multiple scores. Um, you can't really expect to see a lot out of the running game at that point. So, so as far as the running game goes, I mean, you can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to to you know dig in on them too much. But still, not really seeing a whole lot from that room. Not a, not a lot of big plays. Um, I I feel like they're rotating players in too much uh, for the running game. I know that Savon Ahmed brings uh, some explosiveness to it. And they, they seem to like to use Malcolm Brown in, in certain situations, whether it be blocking for a uh, for a passing play out of the shotgun or the pistol or the you know the RPO style, um, where he can block. 
or uh, or however else they've used in the short yardage situations. But I definitely think that they need to they need the single on Miles Gaskin a little bit more. I feel like they're over rotating those players because uh, Miles Gaskin is a guy that is very good at catching the ball on short routes on checkdowns and you know still brings a lot to the running game as well. So I, I feel like they need to, to leave him in a little bit longer, in my opinion. Uh, I, I think that's the best chance to try to get him into those. The more opportunities he's going to get, it's going to get him into, into a spot where he can break the break those big plays off. And he's shown us that he can do that. Um, but again, I, 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 I'm not particularly liking the rotation out of the running back room. Uh, but onto the worst area, that's the wide receivers. Oh my goodness. Um the wide receivers were were just abysmal this game. Uh, Devontae Parker made made some some because you can you can look at all of them and you can say, well, you know, Devontae Parker made some good catches in this game. Yeah, sure, he did. He made some good catches in this game, but he also had another one where he, he has the ball hit both of his hands in the end zone, um, which would have been a touchdown, and instead it wasn't. Um, you look at Albert Wilson, and you can say he caught some passes later on in the game and started to build some momentum. But from everything that we saw from Albert Wilson, especially in camp when he was catching bombs from Tua, you know, big, you know, big playability, uh, looked like he was burning, burning defenders and able to get over the middle and get open a lot. Um, and we, we, you know, he we we started off and, and Albert Wilson was targeted a couple of times and had two bad drops. I mean, they they hit him straight in the hands and he dropped it and they were on short routes. It wasn't like it was a bomb where. It, it was a you know 50-50 ball to catch. It was it was right there into both of his hands, and he just flat dropped it. Um, so I you know between him, uh, even Preston Williams, who also continues to just not want to catch the ball, uh, it's very concerning. It's very concerning, especially whenever Will Fuller's not there, uh, gone for a personal reason right now. I've heard all the speculation about it, you know, if it was his mother or the, this and that. I don't know, I, you know. I, I'm just reading whenever it comes out, but he's not there. That's that's the point. Um, coach says, you know, Flores says he's on the team. Um, it's a personal matter. I'll be back as soon as he can. So we don't know how long particularly he might be out. But um, I, I, I certainly look forward to seeing Will Fuller come back for this team. And have been excited to see him play. I'm not going to get all upset for people having personal, you know, issues because that, that happens to everybody. So, uh, you know, obviously respect that. Um, but I uh, definitely would, would like to see Will Fuller get back on this team soon because between between the other receivers, after after you get past Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddell, there, there really isn't a lot. Um, Mike Gusecki started to show a little bit more in this game, but not a lot still. We need a lot more big plays out of him. Uh, they just showed they 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 all showed um, an inability to really get open consistently, and dude, it was it was a tough it was a tough one to watch. You know, I, Albert Wilson, I I honestly he was one of my picks to not even make the team this year, and so he does make the team, and we just haven't seen a lot from him. He hasn't looked very good. Um, Jalen Waddle had his own issues. He had some some decent catches in this game. Uh, but then goes and, and, and fumbles a ball, bo- you know, bobbles another ball and drops it at one point. So it's just a, a lot of mistakes by everybody. It seemed like even the players that you can point to and talk about some good things, there's just some bad things that stuck out so bad that that I don't really know what they're going to do. It starts at the top, and, and and Brian Flores took responsibility for that in the press conference, as you know, as, as coaches do, and. 
said it starts with him. And it's something that we, we get. We're like, yeah, it, it does. It does start with you. We get that. But at the same time, this is not this is not a quality uh, football performance that we saw today by any means. It, it was a failure in every area. And these, these issues that we saw all the way around on offense and defense are, and special teams are, are concerning, very concerning. Because if you want to be a team that can can not only get to the playoffs, uh, we can start with that, get to the playoffs, but let alone get a win in the playoffs, even one win. Um, you know what we saw, what we saw against that Bills team is is nothing better than a than a five six win team on the year, uh, if that. You know, because there's there's just too many issues that need to be worked out. Um, if they're able, whether they're whether they're able to get all those worked out in just one week, it's going to be hard. Uh, but they can they can certainly put themselves in a spot to have a better performance. You know, come out next week against the the uh, the Raiders. Um, we're going to have to keep an eye out on who's going to be quarterback. On this is going to be a big week. Uh, we're all going to have to pay attention to the news. We're going to have to read through the rumors. Uh, the speculation that'll be coming out, and, and and try to try to see exactly w- what this team is going to do to address uh, these issues that they have going on. But like many of you out there, I mean, I mean, I'm pissed. There's no other way to say it. There's no other way to say it. I'm mad. I'm very mad. I'm sure a lot of you are too. The frustration is 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 it's building up. It's bubbling over, um, because this is not. This is not what you want to see against the division rival, the team that is the gold standard of, of not only the AFC East, but is, is, is becoming uh, what is considered a, a powerhouse in the AFC, just from uh, the way that they've been able to conduct themselves and, and the, the wins that they've got over the last couple of years. Uh, so, yeah, performing like that against that team in that situation, it's, a very, it's very demoralizing. You lose at home to... To a team that you hope to compete against, uh, that you hope to, that you hope to give fits to, and try to pull out close victories and be a thorn in their side, the team that that can squeak ahead of them, and uh, you know really really try to compete for that AFC East title. Uh, but it's not it's not looking like that's going to be the plan as of right now. Uh, the the plan as of right now is going to be to address these immediate needs on this team, um, uh, try to fix a lot of the failures and a lot of the technical issues that this team experienced, and, and try to put the best product that you can on the field this next week to see exactly what we're going to be looking at this year. And this is going to be the perfect team to play against to see that, because the Raiders are, are, are a good team. They've, they've played very well this year. They played us tough last year, and we barely pulled that away uh, with the, the, the Fitzmagic uh, head getting ripped off throw to Matt Collins. So that I mean, they were bar- they were barely able to do it then. Um, it looks like Josh Jacobs has been banged up. I don't know if he's going to be back for this game or not. Um, but honestly, Kenyon Drake's sitting right there. They've got other players, and, and I'm sure Kenyon Drake would love nothing more than to put up some big numbers against his former team. So. Uh, the, you know, regardless of who's in there, this Miami Dolphins team needs to needs to buckle down and handle their business. Um, Xavier Howard came out and said that the feeling in the locker room was that of a funeral after that Bills game, and I hope it was. I hope it was. I hope that they set 
and they think about that. You know, I hope that it eats at them for the whole week and it makes them work harder. Because if they, if they don't realize that that if they don't work hard, they're they're not going to be a good team. They're 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 going to have to put in the work. So hopefully that's a wake up call, and we can use it as that. Um, but even so, a lot of questions, a lot of questions going in. But as far as previewing the actual game against the Raiders, um, there's there's not much there's not much to really say. This is this is a game that going into the year uh, before Week One, I would have picked the Dolphins to win, and I, th- I would have thought that it might have been kind of close. But it, it wasn't. It wasn't a game that I was overly worried about the Dolphins being able to come out and and, and win. Uh, but with what we've seen from the first two weeks, and I do include Week One's victory because there's obviously things in that game that you can point to as is concerning. Uh, but especially from Week Two. But what what we've seen out of the first two weeks, uh, as far as this team goes, I, I don't know what to expect in this Raiders game. I have no idea. Um, I think the defense can buckle down. I think that they can get... It's going to be a lot easier for the defense to buckle down and fix some of their mistakes and come out and play hard football because this defense is loaded with talent. Uh, So if they're able to generate more pass rush in different ways, if they're able to figure that out and they're able to, to, uh, you know, get get a scheme that's going to be conducive with with, uh, holding Derek Carr in check, uh, that that can be done. That can be done and this defense can can come out next week and have a good game. But... I have no idea what to expect from this offense. And honestly, if, if the offense is going to be led, led by Jacoby Brissett, if they're going to be uh, not adding pieces, if they're not going to be addressing these glaring needs right now and, and trying to, to better their team, I don't expect, I don't know if I can expect a win. I don't know if this offense will be able to put up enough, enough points uh, to be able to sustain drives. And that's going to be concerning because your defense can be a very, very good defense, but if you can't have some semblance of a of an offensive game plan uh, to be able to generate any points whatsoever to put pressure on the other team, then there's not much you can do. And until we're able to see what the Dolphins do with that, um, we're just at a wait and see moment. That's really what it is. Uh, there's no, there's no, there's no other way to really put it, or other other way I can really think about it at the moment. But listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna end the show like this. We will end we'll end the show talking about our love for this team because you know we watched a very frustrating game, a very hard game to watch. It was very hard for me to watch. There were times during the fourth quarter where I just hung my head and thought, you know what what's what's going to happen with this team? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I'm sure many of you thought the same thing, if not worse. At, at different moments during this game, but what it boils down to is this: this is our uplifting moment, at least as, as much as I can give you. Because I'm I'm down in the dumps, I'm licking my wounds today. You know, I'm, I've got to go to work. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it through. We're gonna make it through this work week, and we're gonna cheer hard for these Dolphins next week against the Raiders. Uh, it's gonna be a very important game for this team. Uh, team, it's, it's got to be a game that they need to compete in, a game that they need to win and have a better showing in. And they've got the ability to do that because they've got a long season ahead. They've got a coach that I still believe in and a team that, that I still believe in for the long term. Um, I don't know necessarily what my outlook is going to look like for the rest of this season necessarily. 
But but what I can tell you is that I do like a lot of the players that Miami has brought in. Um, I do like a lot of the players that they are putting in key positions and in the way that they have built this roster. Uh, I think I, I fear that they have missed possibly on some of these key positions that that it's going to make make it difficult at certain times, and they need to address that. But. You know, for, we we can't look we can't look over the fact that two years ago this team was was far worse than it is now. There's no arguing that they played terrible yesterday. But as far as as bad as this team was a couple of years ago, with young no name players, they ran a roster out there that was you know by the end of the year you're playing you know last year even with your ten win season two is playing with with no receivers. And they were still able to find some wins. Um, so, you know, that coming off of a 10-win year, this is a team that is still good. This is a team that can compete against a lot of teams in the NFL. Uh, this, these upper echelon teams, I, I, we're going to have to see it a little bit more, and we're going to get that chance because they're going to play the Raiders. Uh, they're going to play... Um, the Colts are coming up, and, and Tampa Bay is coming up, and that Tampa Bay one is going to be your next chance to to compete against a, an upper echelon kind of team, a team that just came off a Super Bowl and a team that looks very good still, uh, like they're going to be competing for another Super Bowl. So your opportunity is there. Your opportunity is there. So the best advice that I can give you is to is to join me in making it through this work week uh, paying attention to the news for the team, trying not to get too down in the dumps. Uh, keep your head up. We're gonna we're gonna put on our jerseys. We're gonna put our shoes on. We're gonna strap up in our game ge- on our game day gear this next week, and we're gonna root like hell for the Dolphins. That's what's gonna happen. And whatever happens next week, I'm going to be looking at this game, and I'm gonna say, how do I think this Dolphins season can go? And We'll see exactly how long Tua Tungavailoa is going to be out for. If it's six to eight weeks, like what like what was initially speculated, um, we're going to have some tough decisions. We talked about that a little bit, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens going into into next week. Uh, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to the game. There's there's some decent bad blood between these two teams, especially coming off of last year. There's a very hard fought, emotional game. Uh, with a with a crazy ending, so I'm sure they're going to be looking at, at jumping on the Dolphins, and they're going to have to be ready, uh, especially you know going and playing in Las Vegas in their home. Uh, they're going to be ready to go because whenever you look at the Raiders, um, they're a team that has a good running game. They've reworked that offensive line, which has been decent for them this year. Uh, Derek Carr has been playing fairly well. They've got some decent receivers that are on the team. They've got Henry Ruggs. They've got Hunter Renfro. They've got Darren Waller. Uh, Darren Waller is is obviously an amazing tight end. Uh, week one, he had like 19 targets in that game. So, I, I mean, he's he's obviously their number one guy, and he's a, a very hard guy to guard, uh, as, as was showed whenever we played them last year. We had Eric Rowe guarding, uh, guarding Darren Waller for the most part, and he did a good job of guarding him. Uh, but Darren Waller was able to make some very tough catches in that game. Um, even though, you know, Eric Rowe was, was draped over him the majority of the time. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in the next week expecting a win. I'm going to say these Dolphins, this Dolphins defense is tough. They're going to rebound. They're going to try to fix a lot of these issues on offense. And 
Uh, a lot of it's just like going into the season. It's going to depend on the quarterback play. Uh, this offensive line play is going to obviously have to be better because you can have decent quarterback play, but if your offensive line plays as bad as they did against the Bills, uh, then it doesn't matter who we put back there under center. They're, they're going to have a bad time. So that, that's going to that's gonna be the main issue. That's going to be the main area to watch and see if they can get that figured out, and I hope they do. Um, so a lot of unknowns going into this week. I hope that you hang strong with me. I'm keeping my head up. Uh, this this team has we've 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 seen this team take its licks over the years, usually from the Baltimore Ravens, um, sometimes from the from the New England Patriots or even the Buffalo Bills. So uh, it's nothing that we haven't seen before. But we're just going to hope this team can rebound, and and, and that's what I'm going to hope for. But um, I hope that I hope that all of you have rebounded okay since since the game yesterday. I hope that you you've you've got a good night's sleep. I hope that you woke up Monday feeling probably down in the dumps a little bit like me, but uh, refreshed. Refreshed at least to get get a night's sleep, wake up the next morning, think about this game, think about where this team's going to go, and, and, and hoping for the best as we all do. So I'll come back with you next week. We'll talk about uh, the, the game against the Raiders. Uh, hopefully a victory, but we'll be breaking that down, and, and if things don't go great, we'll be having some tough conversations next week. So... I'll be here throughout the entire season. We'll, we'll go through it together. So regardless of what happens, we'll be right here talking about it. Uh, we can discuss it. We can talk about our feelings with it. Uh, feel free to look me up on Facebook. I've got a Facebook for the for the podcast, the New Beginnings Podcast. Uh, get on there, follow it, like it. Uh, send me. Feel free to send me a message about your, your thoughts, your feelings on the game, something that you would like to hear me talk about in the future, and I would be happy to do so. Um, but until then... Until next week, I'm Tyler Moss. This is the New Beginnings Podcast. Fins up, everybody. Hang tough, and let's go Dolphins. Let's get a win, baby.